0: chapter twenty five of peveril of the peak by sir walter scott this librivox recording is in the public domain read by dion gines salt lake city utah the course of human life is changeful still as is the fickle wind and wandering rill or like the light dance which the wild breeze weaves amidst the faded race of fallen leaves which now its breath bears down now tosses high beats to the earth or wafts to middle sky such and so varied the precarious play of fate with man frail tenant of a day anonymous whilst overcome with fatigue and worn out by anxiety julian peveril slumbered as a prisoner in the house of his hereditary enemy fortune was preparing his release by one of those sudden frolics with which she loves to confound the calculations and expectancies of humanity and as she fixes on strange agents for such purposes she condescended to employ on the present occasion no less a personage than mistress deborah debitch instigated doubtless by the pristine reminiscences of former times no sooner had that most prudent and considerate dame found herself in the vicinity of the scenes of her earlier days than she bethought herself of a visit to the ancient housekeeper of martindale castle dame elsmere by name who long retired from active service resided at the keeper's lodge in the west thicket with her nephew lance outram subsisting upon the savings of her better days and on a small pension allowed by sir jeffrey to her age and faithful services now dame elsmere and mistress deborah had not by any means been formerly on so friendly a footing as this haste to visit her might be supposed to intimate but years had taught deborah to forget and forgive or perhaps she had no special objection under cover of a visit to dame Ellesmere to take the chance of seeing what changes time had made on her old admirer the keeper Both inhabitants were in the cottage when, after having seen her master set forth on his expedition to the castle, Mistress Debitch, dressed in her very best gown, footed it through gutter and over stile and by pathway green to knock at their door and to lift the hatch at the hospitable invitation which bade her come in dame elsmere's eyes were so often dim that even with the aid of spectacles she failed to recognize in the portly and mature personage who entered their cottage the tight well-made lass who presuming on her good looks and flippant tongue had so often provoked her by insubordination and her former lover the redoubted lance not being conscious that ale had given rotundity to his own figure which was formerly so slight and active and that brandy had transferred to his nose the color which had once occupied his cheeks was unable to discover that deborah's french cap composed of sarcenet and brussels lace shaded the features which had so often procured him a rebuke from dr dummerer for suffering his eyes during the time of prayers to wander to the maid-servant's bench in brief the blushing visitor was compelled to make herself known and when known was received by aunt and nephew with the most sincere cordiality the home brood was produced and in lieu of more vulgar food a few slices of venison presently hissed in the frying-pan giving strong room for inference that lance outram in his capacity of keeper neglected not his own cottage when he supplied the larder at the castle A modest sip of the excellent Derbyshire ale and a taste of the highly seasoned hash soon placed Deborah entirely at home with her old acquaintance. Having put all necessary questions and received all suitable answers, respecting the state of the neighborhood and such of her own friends as continued to reside there, the conversation began rather to flag, until Deborah found the art of again renewing its interest by communicating to her friends the dismal intelligence that they must soon look for deadly bad news from the castle for that her present master major bridgenorth had been summoned by some great people from london to assist in taking her old master sir Geoffrey and that all master bridgenorth's servants and several other persons whom she named friends and adherents of the same interest had assembled a force to surprise the castle and that as sir geoffrey was now so old and gouty withal it could not be expected he should make the defence he was wont and then he was known to be so stout-hearted that it was not to be supposed that he would yield up without stroke of sword and then if he was killed as he was like to be amongst them that liked never a bone of his body and now had him at their mercy why in that case she dame deborah would look upon lady as little better than a dead woman and undoubtedly there would be a general mourning through all that country where they had such great kin and silks were likely to rise on it as master Lutstring, the mercer of chesterfield was like to feel in his purse bottom but for her part let matters wag how they would and if master julian peveril was to come to his own she would give as near a guess as ever another who was likely to be lady at martindale the text of this lecture or in other words the fact that bridgenorth was gone with a party to attack sir geoffrey peveril in his own castle of martindale sounded so stunningly strange in the ears of those old retainers of his family that they had no power either to attend to mistress deborah's inferences or to interrupt the velocity of speech with which she poured them forth and when at length she made a breathless pause all that poor dame elsmere could reply was the emphatic question bridge north brave Peveril of the peak is the woman mad come come dame said deborah woman me no more than i woman you i have not been called mistress at the head of the table for so many years to be womaned here by you and for the news it is as true as that you are sitting there in a white hood who will wear a black one ere long lance outram said the old woman make out if thou beest a man and listen about if aught stirs up at the castle if there should said outram i am even too long here and he caught up his cross-bow and one or two arrows and rushed out of the cottage well-a-day said mistress deborah see if my news have not frightened away lance outram too whom they used to say nothing could start but do not take on so dame for i dare say if the castle and the lands passed to my new master major bridgenorth as it is like they will for i have heard that he has powerful debts over the estate you shall have my good word with him and i promise you he is no bad man something precise about preaching and praying and about the dress which one should wear which i must own beseems not a gentleman as to be sure every woman knows best what becomes her but for you dame that wear a prayer-book at your girdle with your housewife case and never change the fashion of your white hood i dare say he will not grudge you the little matter you need and are not able to win out sordid jade exclaimed dame elsmere her very flesh quivering betwixt apprehension and anger and hold your peace this instant or i will find those that shall flay the very hide from thee with dog-whips hast thou ate thy noble master's bread not only to betray his trust and fly from his service but wouldst thou come here like an ill-omened bird as thou art to triumph over his downfall nay dame said deborah over whom the violence of the old woman had obtained a certain predominance it is not i that say it only the warrant of the parliament folks i thought we had done with their warrants ever since the blessed twenty ninth of may said the old housekeeper of martindale castle but this i tell thee sweetheart that i have seen such warrants crammed at the sword's point down the throats of them that brought them and so shall this be if there is one true man left to drink of the dove as she spoke lance outram re-entered the cottage nont he said in dismay i doubt it is true what she says the beacon tower is as black as my belt no pole star of peveril what does that betoken Death, ruin, and captivity, exclaimed old Ellesmere, make for the castle, thou knave, thrust in thy great body, strike for the house that bred thee and fed thee, and if thou art buried under the ruins, thou diest a man's death. Nay, not, I shall not be slack, answered Outram, but here come folks that I warrant can tell us more on it one or two of the female servants who had fled from the castle during the alarm now rushed in with various reports of the case but all agreeing that a body of armed men were in possession of the castle and that major bridgenorth had taken young master julian prisoner and conveyed him down to maltrossy hall with his feet tied under the belly of the nag a shameful sight to be seen and he so well-born and so handsome lance scratched his head and though feeling the duty incumbent upon him as a faithful servant which was indeed specially dinned into him by the cries and exclamations of his aunt he seemed not a little dubious how to conduct himself i would to god nant he said at last that old whitaker were alive now with his long stories about marston moor and edge hill that made us all yawn our jaws off their hinges in spite of broiled rashers and double beer when a man is missed he is moaned as they say and i would rather a broad peace. he had been here to have sorted this matter for it is clean out of my way as a woodsman that have no skill of war but dang it if old sir Geoffrey go to the wall without a knock for it hear you nell speaking to one of the fugitive maidens from the castle but no you have not the heart of a cat and are afraid of your own shadow by moonlight but sis, you are a stout-hearted wench and know a buck from a bullfinch hark thee sis, as you would wish to be married get up to the castle again and get thee in thou best knowest where for thou hast oft gotten out of postern to a dance or junketing to my knowledge get thee back to the castle as ye hope to be married see my lady they cannot hinder thee of that my lady has a head worth twenty of ours. if i am to gather force light up the beacon for a signal and spare me not a tar barrel on it thou mayest do it safe enough i warrant the roundheads busy with drink and plunder and hark thee say to my lady i am gone down to the miners houses at bonaventure the rogues were mutining for their wages but yesterday they will be all ready for good or bad let her send orders down to me or do you come yourself your legs are long enough whether they are or not master lance and you know nothing of the matter they shall do your errand to-night for love of the old knight and his lady so cicely Sellock, a kind of derbyshire camilla who had won the smock at the foot-race at ashbourne sprung forward towards the castle with a speed which few could have equalled there goes a meddled wench said lance and now not give me the old broadsword it is above the bedhead and my wood-knife and i shall do well enough and what is to become of me bleated the unfortunate mistress deborah you must remain here with my aunt mistress deb and for old acquaintance sake she will take care no harm befalls you but take heed now you attempt to break bounds so saying and pondering in his own mind the task which he had undertaken the hardy forester strode down the moonlight glade scarcely hearing the blessings and cautions which dame elsmere kept showering after him his thoughts were not altogether warlike what a tight ankle the jade hath she trips it like a doe in summer overdue well but here are the huts let us to this gear are ye all asleep you dammers sinkers and drift-drivers turn out ye subterranean badgers here is your master sir geoffrey dead for aught we know or care do not you see the beacon is unlit and you sit there like so many asses why answered one of the miners who now began to come out of their huts and he be dead he will eat no more bread and you are like to eat none neither said lance for the works will be presently stopped and all of you turned off well and what of it master lance as good play for naught, as work for naught? here is four weeks we have scarce seen the colour of sir Geoffrey's coin and you ask us to care whether he be dead or in life for you that goes about trotting upon your horse and doing for work what all men do for pleasure it may be well enough but it is another matter to be leaving god's light and burrowing all day and night in darkness like a toad in a hole that's not to be done for naught, i trow and if sir Geoffrey is dead his soul will suffer for it and if he's alive we'll have him in the barmoot court hark ye gaffer said lance and take notice my mates all of you for a considerable number of these rude and subterranean people had now assembled to hear the discussion has sir Geoffrey, think you ever put a penny in his pouch out of this same bonaventure mine i cannot say as i think he has answered old ditchley the party who maintained the controversy answer on your conscience though it be but a leaden one do not you know that he hath lost a good penny why i believe he may said Gaffer ditchley what then lose to-day win to-morrow the miner must eat in the meantime true but what will you eat when master bridgenorth gets the land that will not hear of a mine being wrought on his own ground will he work on at dead loss think ye demanded trusty lance bridgenorth he of multrossy hall that stopped the great felicity work on which his father laid out some say ten thousand pounds and never got in a penny why what has he to do with sir Geoffrey's property down here at bonaventure it was never his i trow nay what do i know answered lance who saw the impression he had made law and debt will give him half derbyshire i think unless you stand by old sir Geoffrey. but if sir Geoffrey be dead said ditchley cautiously what good will our standing by do to him i did not say he was dead but only as bad as dead in the hands of the roundheads a prisoner up yonder at his own castle said lance and will have his head cut off like the good earl of derby's at bolton le nay then comrades said gafforditchley and it be as Master Lant says, I think we should bear a hand for stout old Sir Geoffrey against a low-born, mean-spirited fellow like Bridgenorth, who shut up a shaft had cost thousands without getting a penny profit on it. So hurrah for Sir Geoffrey, and down with the rump. But hold ye a blink, hold. And the waving of his hand stopped the commencing cheer hark ye master lance it must be all over for the beacon is as black as night and you know yourself that marks the lord's death it will kindle again in an instant said lance internally adding i pray to god it may it will kindle in an instant lack of fuel and the confusion of the family ay like enough like enough said ditchley but i winna budge till i see it blazing why then there a goes said lance thank ye sis thank ye my good wench believe your own eyes my lads if you will not believe me and now hurrah for peveril of the peak the king and his friends and down with rumps and roundheads the sudden rekindling of the beacon had all the effect which lance could have desired upon the minds of his rude and ignorant hearers who in their superstitious humor had strongly associated the polar star of peveril with the fortunes of the family once moved according to the national character of their countrymen they soon became enthusiastic and lance found himself at the head of thirty stout fellows and upwards armed with their pickaxes and ready to execute whatever task he should impose on them trusting to enter the castle by the postern which had served to accommodate himself and other domestics upon an emergency his only anxiety was to keep his march silent and he earnestly recommended to his followers to reserve their shouts for the moment of the attack they had not advanced far on their road to the castle when cicely sellick met them so breathless with haste that the poor girl was obliged to throw herself into master lance's arms stand up my meddled wench said he giving her a sly kiss at the same time and let us know what is going on up at the castle my lady bids you as you would serve god and your master not to come up to the castle which can but make bloodshed, for she says Sir Geoffrey is lawfully in hand, and that he must bide the issue, and that he is innocent of what he is charged with, and is going up to speak for himself before king and council, and she goes up with him. And besides, they have found out the postern, the roundhead rogues, for two of them saw me when i went out of door and chased me but i showed them a fair pair of heels as ever dashed dew from the cowslip said lance but what the foul fiend is to be done for if they have secured the postern i know not how the dickens we can get in all is fastened with bolt and staple and guarded with gun and pistol at the castle Quoth cicely and so sharp are they that they nigh caught me coming with my lady's message as i told you but my lady says if you could deliver her son master julian from bridgenorth that she would hold it good service what said lance is young master at the castle i taught him to shoot his first shaft but how to get in he was at the castle in the midst of the ruffle, but Old Bridgenorth has carried him down prisoner to the hall," answered Cicely. There was never faith nor courtesy in an old Puritan, who neither had pipe and taber in his house since it was built. Or who stopped a promising mine," said Ditchley, to save a few thousand pounds when he might have made himself as rich as lord of chatsworth and fed a hundred good fellows all the whilst, why then said lance since you are all of a mind we will go draw the cover for the old badger and i promise you that the hall is not like one of your real houses of quality where the walls are as thick as whinstone dykes but foolish brickwork that your pickaxes will work through as if it were cheese huzza once more for peveril of the peak down with bridgenorth and all upstart cuckoldy roundheads having indulged the throats of his followers with one buxom huzza lance commanded them to cease their clamors and proceeded to conduct them by such paths as seemed the least likely to be watched to the courtyard of Moltrasi Hall. On the road they were joined by several stout yeoman farmers, either followers of the Peveril family or friends to the high church and cavalier party, most of whom, alarmed by the news which began to fly fast through the neighborhood, were armed with sword and pistol lance outram halted his party at the distance as he himself described it of a flight-shot from the house and advanced alone and in silence to reconnoitre and having previously commanded ditchley and his subterranean allies to come to his assistance whenever he should whistle he crept cautiously forward and soon found that those whom he came to surprise true to the discipline which had gained their party such decided superiority during the civil war, had posted a sentinel, who paced through the courtyard, piously chanting a psalm-tune, while his arms, crossed on his bosom, supported a gun of formidable length now a true soldier said lance outram to himself would put a stop to thy snivelling ditty by making a broad arrow quiver in your heart and no great alarm given but dang it i have not the right spirit for a soldier i cannot fight a man till my blood's up and for shooting him from behind a wall it is cruelly like to stalking a deer i'll even face him and try what to make of him with this doughty resolution and taking no farther care to conceal himself he entered the courtyard boldly and was making forward to the front door of the hall as a matter of course but the old cromwellian who was on guard had not so learned his duty who goes there stand friend stand or verily i will shoot thee to death were challenges which followed each other quick the last being enforced by the levelling and presenting the said long barreled gun with which he was armed why what a moraine answered lance is it your fashion to go a-shooting at this time of night why this is but a time for bat-fowling nay but hark thee friend said the experienced sentinel i am none of those who do this work negligently thou canst not snare me with thy crafty speech though thou wouldst make it to sound simple in mine ear of a verity i will shoot unless thou tell thy name and business name said lance why what a dickens should it be but robin round honest robin of redham and for business and you must needs know i come on a message from some parliament man up yonder at the castle with letters for worshipful master bridgenorth of multrossy hall and this be the place as i think though why ye be marching up and down at his door like the sign of a red man with your old firelock there i cannot so well guess give me the letters my friend said the sentinel to whom this explanation seemed very natural and probable and i will cause them forthwith to be delivered into his worship's own hand rummaging in his pockets as if to pull out the letters which never existed master lance approached within the sentinel's peace and before he was aware suddenly seized him by the collar, whistled sharp and shrill, and exerting his skill as a wrestler for which he had been distinguished in his youth, he stretched his antagonist on his back, the musket for which they struggled going off in the fall. The miners rushed into the courtyard at Lance's signal, and hopeless any longer of prosecuting his design in silence, Lance commanded two of them to secure the prisoner, and the rest to cheer loudly, and attack the door of the house. Instantly the courtyard of the mansion rang with the cry of, "'Peveril of the Peak, for with all the abuse which the royalists had invented to cast upon the roundheads during so many years of contention and at the same time while some assailed the door with their mining implements others directed their attack against the angle where a kind of porch joined to the main front of the building and there in some degree protected by the projection of the wall and of a balcony which overhung the porch wrought in more security as well as with more effect than the others for the doors being of oak thickly studded with nails offered a more effectual resistance to violence than the brickwork the noise of this hubbub on the outside soon excited wild alarm and tumult within lights flew from window to window and voices were heard demanding the cause of the attack to which the party cries of those who were in the courtyard afforded a sufficient or at least the only answer which was vouchsafed at length the window of a projecting staircase opened and the voice of bridgenorth himself demanded authoritatively what the tumult meant, and commanded the rioters to desist upon their own proper and immediate peril. We want our young master, you canting old thief, was the reply, and if we have him not instantly, the topmost stone of your house shall lie as low as the foundation. We shall try that presently, said Bridgenorth, for if there is another blow struck against the walls of my peaceful house, I will fire my caravan among you, and your blood be upon your own head. I have a score of friends, well armed with musket and pistol, to defend my house, and we have both the means and heart, with heaven's assistance, to repay any violence you can offer." master bridgenorth replied lance who though no soldier was sportsman enough to comprehend the advantage which those under cover and using firearms must necessarily have over his party exposed to their aim in a great measure and without means of answering their fire master bridgenorth let us crave parley with you and fair conditions we desire to do you no evil but we will have back our young master it is enough that you have got our old one and his lady it is foul chasing to kill hart hind and fawn and we will give you some light on the subject in an instant this speech was followed by a great crash amongst the lower windows of the house according to a new species of attack which had been suggested by some of the assailants i would take the honest fellow's word and let young peveril go said one of the garrison who carelessly yawning approached on the inside of the post at which bridgenorth had stationed himself are you mad said bridgenorth or do you think me poor enough in spirit to give up the advantages i now possess over the family of peveril for the awe of a parcel of boars whom the first discharge will scatter like chaff before the whirlwind nay answered the speaker who was the same individual that had struck julian by his resemblance to the man who called himself Ganlas. i love a dire revenge but we shall buy it somewhat too dear if these rascals set the house on fire, as they are like to do, while you are parleying from the window. They have thrown torches or firebrands into the hall, and it is all our friends can do to keep the flame from catching the wainscoting, which is old and dry. Now may heaven judge thee for thy lightness of spirit, answered Bridgenorth one would think mischief was so properly thy element that to thee it was indifferent whether friend or foe was the sufferer so saying he ran hastily downstairs towards the hall into which through broken casements and betwixt the iron bars which prevented human entrance the assailants had thrust lighted straw sufficient to excite much smoke and some fire and to throw the defenders of the house into great confusion insomuch that of several shots fired hastily from the windows little or no damage followed to the besiegers who getting warm on the onset answered the hostile charges with loud shouts of peveril for ever and had already made a practicable breach through the brick wall of the tenement through which lance ditchley and several of the most adventurous among their followers made their way into the hall the complete capture of the house remained however as far off as ever the defenders mixed with much coolness and skill that solemn and deep spirit of enthusiasm which sets life at less than nothing in comparison to real or supposed duty from the half-open doors which led into the hall they maintained a fire which began to grow fatal one miner was shot dead three or four were wounded and lance scarce knew whether he should draw his forces from the house and leave it a prey to the flames or making a desperate attack on the posts occupied by the defenders try to obtain unmolested possession of the place at this moment his course of conduct was determined by an unexpected occurrence of which it is necessary to trace the cause julian peveril had been like other inhabitants of moltrossy hall on that momentous night awakened by the report of the sentinel's musket followed by the shouts of his father's vassals and followers of which he collected enough to guess that bridgenorth's house was attacked with a view to his liberation very doubtful of the issue of such an attempt dizzy with the slumber from which he had been so suddenly awakened and confounded with the rapid succession of events to which he had been lately a witness he speedily put on a part of his clothes and hastened to the window of his apartment from this he could see nothing to relieve his anxiety for it looked towards a quarter different from that on which the attack was made He attempted his door, it was locked on the outside, and his perplexity and anxiety became extreme when suddenly the lock was turned, and in an underdress, hastily assumed in the moment of alarm, her hair streaming on her shoulders, her eyes gleaming betwixt fear and resolution, Alice Bridge North rushed into his apartment, and seized his hand with the fervent exclamation julian save my father the light which she bore in her hand served to show those features which could rarely have been viewed by any one without emotion but which bore an expression irresistible to a lover alice he said what means this what is the danger where is your father do not stay to question she answered but if you would save him follow me at the same time she led the way with great speed half-way down the turret staircase which led to his room thence turning through a side door along a long gallery to a larger and wider stair at the bottom of which stood her father surrounded by four or five of his friends scarce discernible through the smoke of the fire which began to take hold in the hall as well as that which arose from the repeated discharge of their own firearms julian saw there was not a moment to be lost if he meant to be a successful mediator he rushed through bridgenorth's party ere they were aware of his approach and throwing himself amongst the assailants who occupied the hall in considerable numbers he assured them of his personal safety and conjured them to depart not without a few more slices at the rump master answered lance i am principally glad to see you safe and well but here is joe rime gap shot as dead as a buck in season and more of us are hurt and will have revenge and roast the puritans like apples for lamb's wool. then you shall roast me along with them said julian for i vow to god i will not leave the hall being bound by parole of honor to abide with major bridgenorth till lawfully dismissed now out on you and you were ten times a peveril said ditchley to give so many honest fellows loss and labor on your behalf and to show them no kinder countenance i say beat up the fire and burn all together nay nay but peace my masters and hearken to reason said julian we are all here in evil condition and you will only make it worse by contention do you help to put out this same fire which will else cost us all dear keep yourselves under arms let master bridgenorth and me settle some grounds of accommodation and i trust all will be favorably made up on both sides and if not you shall have my consent and countenance to fight it out and come on it what will i will never forget this night's good service he then drew ditchley and lance outram aside while the rest stood suspended at his appearance and words and expressing the utmost thanks and gratitude for what they had already done urged them as the greatest favor which they could do towards him and his father's house to permit him to negotiate the terms of his emancipation from thraldom at the same time forcing on ditchley five or six gold pieces that the brave lads of bonadventure might drink his health whilst to lance he expressed the warmest sense of his active kindness but protested He could only consider it as good service to his house if he was allowed to manage the matter after his own fashion. Why, answered Lance, I am well out on it, Master Julian, for it is matter beyond my mastery. All that I stand to is that I will see you safe out of this same maltrossy hall for our old nant elsmere will else give me but cold comfort when i come home truth is i began unwillingly but when i saw the poor fellow joe shot beside me why i thought we should have some amends but i put it all in your honour's hands during this colloquy both parties had been amicably employed in extinguishing the fire which might otherwise have been fatal to all it required a general effort to get it under and both parties agreed on the necessary labor with as much unanimity as if the water they brought in leathern buckets from the well to throw upon the fire had some effect in slaking their mutual hostility chapter twenty five